Show number 162 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. It's a new show, another show. It's a new show, and I'm going to do something we haven't done in a long time. <gasps> What's that? I'm Kitty. Oh, and I'm Lena. <laughs> <laughs> and this show is called Look at, Look his, at butt. his Butt. And it's about Star Trek and William Shatner's butt and uh, funny stuff and sex toys and, and just about anything else that pops into our little heads. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so someone actually did their homework this week. <gasps> I love it. What is it? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, it's a letter we got. <gasps> I love letters. A piece of fan mail. <laughs> would, you, would you read it for the, the listening audience? Oh, okay. Here we go. Let me get this so I can read it. Okay. Dear LT and JK, I live in Portland and have attended Trek in the Park the last two years. There is irony and camp appreciation, but also sincere affection oozing from the cast and audience. Speaking of fight scenes, as you were on your last podcast, the painstakingly rehearsed grapple fest between Kirk and the Andorian from Journey to Babel was enhanced by the entry of a stray dog onto the stage. The, the actors involved were the last to know about it, but Adam Roscoe, as Kirk, ad-libbed a line, a line about finding that ensign's dog just before he slumped from the intercom to the ground. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. I just love that. I mean, it's, I can picture it. I can absolutely picture it. But, of course, I'm picturing it, picturing it with, you know, Shatner. Um, anyway, otherwise, it was a reverently verbatim performance of the script. One of the best parts of the show was the well-choreographed montage of assorted scenes from the next episode, which began with Uhura being offered a triple. Thank God I was wearing my hipster steampunk goggles because this actually caused me to well up with Trek sentiment. Aww. Next year's performance will mark the last summer for Trek in the Park. So I hope that you can make it out this way. I think that's just just a great, great letter. It is. It's wonderful. I, I just love it when people give us this kind of detail on something that we talked about on the show. Yes. I have a whole new appreciation for what they're doing. And I love the thought of the stray dog wandering onto the stage. <laughs> and I kind of imagine it being Jack and him looking around like in semi-confusion, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, huh, what, what's going on? <laughs> what, am I supposed to be here or what? Could somebody tell me where I'm supposed to be? The dog was having the actor's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten my lines. What's my line? But I, I love the, the bit about them doing scenes from the next episode. That's so which awesome. Which I think is just a wonderful idea. It is. And, of course, the, that's the best that they had um, irony and camp appreciation, but also sincere affection because that's the best kind. Oh, yes. Wow. So I wrote back to him. And I said, why is it the last one? And he said, "Um, whoa, sorry. (laughs) Jack's running around playing and just about knocked over my iced tea. I don't know why Trek in the Park is ending after five years. Five-year mission? (laughs) As I am not acquainted with the people in Atomic Arts. I imagine that having had so much success with this, they may wish to capitalize on their notoriety. As you know, fan art does not 
pay. <laughs> then he says, this is so great. I, I love this person. His name is Mark. Uh, thanks for the return email. It's quite a thrill for me. I am presently racing through to the end of an old Greg Bear novel so that I can read Red Shirts before your next podcast. Oh, well, I think we're going to talk about Red Shirts on this podcast. I think we are. So this this is Mark is really good on the, the homework and following up. So Wow, that's you know. great. Um, I would like to put out a call to people who listen to the show because... Mark is obviously someone who's been listening for a while. And thank you, Mark. We love your email. Yes. Um, if you've been listening to this show for a long time and um, you've never written in, why don't you drop us a line just to say hi? Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to even, like, have a, a specific comment or anything. Just drop us a line to say, I've been listening to the show and good job or well done or whatever or I hate your show or whatever <laughs> but um and if you just, hate the show we will make fun of you on the air and we will make fun destroy you. your life so you know it'll be but fun I, for us too it would just be kind of fun to hear from all the people out there because we know there's a lot of people who listen to this show we know it by the downloads um who just are you know listeners because it's wonderful that you're listening and we just like to know who you are yeah so you know drop us a line to look at his butt at gmail.com Yes, we would be more than happy to hear from you. Yeah. And if you write something funny, we'll read it on the show. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say something. It was probably about William Shatner. Might have been. Well, maybe it'll come to me. Anyway, so, um, yeah, we really thank Mark for the report. We wish we could see Trek in the Park, but Portland... It's is, a little far. It's a little far for, for both of us. Oh, I know what I was going to say about people writing in. Um, we hope, we are planning sometime this fall for Lena to visit me. Yikes. So we will be doing at least one, maybe two shows together in the same room, which means we can do things like watch TV shows and movies together, talk about them. So let us know if there's something you want the Butt Girls to review. Yes, we have a lot of stuff to choose from. Yes. Because we just have a lot of stuff now. So, um, yeah, that will be terrific. We're planning that. We'll let you know when we have uh, better dates on when that might be happening. Okay. But sometime between now and the end of the year, for sure. All righty. I wanted to quickly mention... Uh, that we have, of course, several videos up on YouTube, and one of them was the William Shatner appearing in um, Ease Out to Lunch, which we've talked about on the show many, many <laughs> times. And uh, we got a comment on it this week, and I thought this was great. The comment is, He is the most skilled flirt I have ever seen. Nimoy ain't a slouch in that area either. Whoa. So I'm not sure what prompted that, but I do agree that, that Shatner is the most skilled flirt in the universe. Um, yeah, and is there any, like, film proof of that comment about Nimoy? I don't know. See, you know, we've got the real thing on, on video. It's true. We backed ours up with evidence. <laughs> Just so you know, we mean business. That's right. Um, do you want to talk about Red Shirts now? Sure. Okay. I finished it yesterday. Okay. And I loved it. I thought it was really funny. There were a couple things about it that I thought were, uh, I'm not sure I understood. And I thought the epilogues or the codas at the end were very different from the rest of the book. Oh, yes. So, um, I, I don't know, are we going to spoil things for everybody? Is well, this there be are, are three epilogues at the end. 
and I think we can talk a little bit about it without spoilers. The first one, and I don't even remember what the first one was, but um, I was reading it going, is this really necessary? It you was um, written from the, the point of view of a, a scriptwriter. Right, right, okay. But then, if I'm remembering correctly, I liked the other two, and I liked how it sort of tied up on, you know, a rather sweetly sentimental note at the end. Mm-hmm. I did, too. And the third one, especially, um, was very touching mm-hmm. and and kind of, I, I want to say slow-moving, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It was just more thoughtful, mm-hmm. whereas the book itself is incredibly fast-paced. Yes. Like, things are just going along at a... At a breakneck speed because they need to in order to kind of keep the plot moving along but the third coda was was much slower and more textured Mm -hmm. it had more emotion in it and you really got to know the main character of that and and I liked it I thought it was a really nice piece of writing but very very different I wasn't expecting that at all it felt like I was reading another book yeah but um the bulk of the book the main story is very clever very rendered really well and um, just so much fun, and there's there's no snark in it, although it really, you know, hits on so many different things about, you know, Trek and, and science fiction TV and TV drama in general. Yes. Um, that that are, are really, really fun, and uh, it's just full of so many ideas and things that I loved, and they're, I think we've talked about that, um, you know, they're, they're on this ship where... The, the they're always facing these improbable odds and every time you you beam out, beam out or go on an away mission a red shirt dies and the red shirts are are worried about this and trying to get out of missions and the the people who never die are the captain the first officer the doctor and this guy named lieutenant Kerensky, <laughs> <laughs> who as the, it went on and on you know as the book moved on i got really to like him and got a big kick out of him yep. and his role in the whole thing I thought was very funny it was good I thought the characters were pretty well drawn um, they they were they had the kind of snappy dialogue that you've come to expect in books like this mm-hmm. you know with a, a lot of very uh, good comebacks to each other but at the same time they're they're pretty realistic you know none of them are, are superhuman um, and the main character is the guy who kind of figures out all of what's going on he sees the the reality of their situation um, in a way that other people haven't before. So he's our main protagonist. Um, so here's, um, if you haven't read it, this is the part where we're going to do some spoilers because I, I need to spoil it in order to ask you the question about something that I didn't understand. Oh, okay. So if people uh, are, haven't read it, you can skip ahead to the next section. We'll probably devote a couple of minutes to this. And if you are never going to read it, here's what happens. Uh, The main characters discover that they are in an alternate reality where there is uh, the realist, the instantiation, shall we say, of a TV show that's in this other reality. So every time on the TV show somebody gets killed, the person in their reality also gets killed in these incredibly improbable ways, like by an ice shark. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I remember. For example, the ice shark. The ice shark, yeah. 
and, and other things like that, crab people and things like that. So they have to figure out how to get to the reality where the TV show is and stop the show from being made, which involves meeting their own real-life uh, people and uh, hijinks ensue, let us say that. Yeah. So it's very it's funny. A lot of stuff happens. But then it gets very serious. And it turns out that they end up um, having to do a, a, a body swap of sorts in order to save someone's life. And they do this all kind of selflessly and then go back, hopefully, to their own reality with everything fixed and with the assurances that things on the TV show are going to change so that people don't end up dying in stupid ways by ice sharks every week. And that will hopefully put them back in charge of their own reality. What I really liked about it was that um, the guy who figures this all out is pointing out that each of the character, each of the people that he knows, his friends who are are newly assigned to this ship, all have a function within the narrative because they're all, to a certain extent, kind of stereotypes. Mm -hmm. There's like the loner guy and then there's the woman who wants to, you know, get a higher rank and then there's the guy who works in the bio lab. Like they all have a purpose. There's somebody who's going to die for the purpose of uniting the whole group to move forward and stuff. So it was kind of neat to see, like, to have that called attention to mm-hmm. the way there are these these characters. But the thing that I didn't understand um, when they got to the very end, the end of the book, he's talking to the one guy who really didn't have a purpose, who was his childhood friend, and they're talking about why all this happened, and he's saying. You know, the one thing I can't figure out is why you're here because you didn't serve a purpose. You didn't die. You didn't make things happen. You were just kind of there the whole time. Why are you here? Is there something else going on that I don't know about? And his friend says to him, um, he almost says, I can't tell you. And all he says is, you know, I'm, you just have to accept the fact that, that I'm here and you figured things out and you have a happy ending and now things are going to go forward. And I was wondering why that was in there. Like, were we supposed to think that his friend was, had some other purpose or that he was some other character in disguise or I I didn't get that. Um, Well, I I think it was kind of a make of it what you will. Um, What I kind of took it as was that similar to that, um, that episode of of TNG, the Sherlock Holmes one. Uh Uh-huh where they they trick Moriarty, yeah. who has gotten off the holodeck, into thinking he is still off the holodeck when he's living a hollow adventure mm-hmm. so that, you know, he doesn't kill all of them. So that guy, I think, this is what I was taking away from it, is, okay, you've solved that mystery, and that was your role, and that's as much as you're supposed to solve and hmm. just, you know, keep going on. There's other stuff going on around us and that we aren't aware of, and it's not your job to solve that mystery. Hmm. Okay. Does but that make he, sense? It does make sense, but how does he know that? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe he was the author stand-in. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking, is, is maybe he was supposed to be it. All right, well, I, I just thought I was missing something really significant there. Um, I have to say, I did love the way the book ended, because it so reminded me of the fan fiction that we used to write, because <laughs> the, the next chapter after that says, and so they all went back to work, and they were doing everything, and, and it was all great, until six months later, when <laughs> <laughs> the ship got zapped by something, and they were all instantly disintegrated, and they died. <laughs> <laughs> 
But that Which, was before six months later. That was before six, but it also was like when we would sometimes write things and we, when you couldn't think of a way to end it, it was like, and then the ship blew up and they died. Yeah, then they died. <laughs> the, end. the end. The end. <laughs> but then, of course, there's another chapter after that where it says, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all lived happily ever after. Yeah, well, I thought um, it was a really wonderful book. I could see it being made into a very clever movie if you had the right people, mm. you know, working on it and adapting it. Definitely. I think so. There was, I thought, well, there were many references to popular culture, but I loved, I thought, the reference to Galaxy Quest when the one character turns to the other and says, you've known me for several months. What's my first name? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your first name. And it was just like, guy, yes. on, what's my name? What's my name? It was awesome. Yeah, was so um, again, thanks to Jay Winter for cluing us into that one because that was really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was a good book, and it was a quick read. It's well-written. It's really mm-hmm. well-written. Uh, and I read it on my iPad, and I it was a real uh, page-turner. Can we say that for an iPad, that it was a page-turner? A turner? screen-turner? A screen-turner, yeah. A screen-tapper. Because <laughs> I was tapping that screen, or swiper, I guess. Yeah. A screen-swiper. Yeah, it was really good. It would be great if they made that into a movie. I'd go see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it much, much, much. Mm-hmm. So let us move on to okay. some other things. I have that list of links that you sent me. I have a bunch of links open, so do you want to just pick one and, and off sure. we'll go? So let's do this first one, which is the Papercraft USS Enterprise. Yes. For Star Trek fans who also like paper crafting, and who doesn't, frankly? <laughs> a new kit will cover both hobbies. I'm not making this up. This is what the text actually says. <laughs> The new model will even include an audio chip that plays the theme from the original series. Mm. It's a kit that will contain all that is required to build a paper model of the USS Enterprise NCC-1701. It's almost a foot long. Uh, So you could build this thing and then you can put it up on your shelf where it will gather some nice dust and just look really kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what this thing is actually going to look like when when it's put together. Like, how could it possibly look actually like the Enterprise? made out of paper well it says it has foil accents and metallic printing push button led lights an audio chip an instruction manual and a paper stand upon which the model can be displayed i i just want to express my skepticism that this is actually going to look like the enterprise when it's made well um i am hoping somebody will do it and send us a picture of what it came out like you know what i bet is going to happen Somebody is going to buy this kit, they're going to make it, and then they're going to sell it on Etsy. Oh, absolutely. But the the interesting thing is, um, if it's put together by a person who's fanatical about doing these things, it could look really good. If it's put together by a more average person or a person who's easily frustrated, (laughs) it could look like shit. That would be me in the latter category. Me too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I think... um, it would be really fun to build it and then set it on fire, but you wouldn't want to do that after all the trouble that you went to to put it Why together. Why would you want to set it on fire? Because it's made of paper. It would look cool. <laughs> well, do you think it's really paper or sort of a lightweight cardboard, you know, like a card stock? It says paper crafting. I, I'm I mean, I was thinking paper. origami when I first saw the, <laughs> the blurb. 
I don't know. Yeah. Someone will need to tell us because I'm not buying it. No, um, me neither. Me neither. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Papercraft USS Enterprise. They're never going to stop making the Star Trek crap. No. No, 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 no. no. Now, why don't we talk about the fact that Bill has become a traffic reporter? Yes, I, <laughs> it, you know, it, it gets into the news beyond, beyond Twitter when Bill um, posts that there's a big traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I can't even find his tweet. Let's Something see. like L.A. Friends. Oh, here it is. L.A. Friends, the five freeway is closed in Burbank in both directions at Hollywood Way. Try to avoid the area for the rest of the night. MBB. I like the person just below him who responded to him, who said, real news would have been that the five was open and traffic was moving <laughs> smoothly. <laughs> yes, I like that. But here's the thing. Bill's driving along, and we know he can't tweet anyway. So does he have his tweet assistant with him all the time now? Uh, maybe. So that he can say, oh, tweet the traffic jam or Twitter the traffic jam or whatever he calls it. Or does he get on the phone and call this person and say, here's a good tweet, the, 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 you know, and dictates it to them? Who knows? Maybe, maybe he just got home. Like, he, he made it quickly through just before the traffic got really, really bad. And his assistant was at his home or um, Elizabeth was there. And he said, honey, there was this terrible traffic jam. And she said, that would make a great tweet. And then... <laughs> thing is it doesn't it's a stupid tweet if you're william shatner <laughs> but he tweets about Why all kinds of stupid concerning st himself with this he tweets about all kinds of stupid stuff <laughs> this is not unusual for him okay you know sometimes i think he really does tweet that stuff himself because of the random weird nature of those things that he tweets well i think he tells the person tweet this but i don't think bill types or or, or thumb punches on his <laughs> blackberry or anything like that to to actually send it out for for one thing the spelling's good <laughs> this is what he did he was driving home he got stuck in this traffic he called his assistant and said here's what I want you to tweet, and spelled it all out, and then they tweeted it. So he called someone to do the tweet. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Maybe so he if he does gets all a his... tweet idea in the middle of the night, he calls his person yeah. and wakes him or her up and, and says, you know, tweet this, I just had a great dream, and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that's what happens. Wow. Yep. That's okay. the power of Bill, yeah. Okay, mystery solved. On to the next one. Okay. Let's see. Sci-fi stars we'd love to see on sitcoms. Yes. This is a very weird thing. Um, I don't know most of these shows. Me neither. So I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. And I, I don't know the show they're suggesting for Bill to be I, on. I don't know it either. So um, the point of this article is that... Uh, they're saying, wouldn't it be great to see the stars that we know from other science fiction shows being on shows that are on right now? Oh, look, they misspelled Leonard Nimoy's name here. How nice. Oh, how'd they spell it? I don't see that. N-E-M-O-Y. Instead of N-I, it's N-E. It's in the first paragraph of it. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I see that. Hmm. Bad. Yeah. Uh, so they're suggesting that William Shatner should star on Archer. Do you know what that's about? I have no idea, but um, go ahead and, and read our 
our listeners the thing, and maybe somebody will write in and let us know what Archer is. Okay. It says, one smart aleck deserves another, which is why we think it would be a blast to watch Captain Kirk go toe-to-toe with super spy Sterling Archer on FX's animated comedy. Shatner would make an awesome nemesis of the ISIS crew, or better yet, he could woo Archer's mom Mallory and make her forget about for her forget all about her ex Burt Reynolds. Either way, we know Shatner would kill on this show, maybe even literally. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't really get that, but um, let's see. I'm I'm looking at the comments. Anybody saying it's a disaster? Anybody saying this is a disaster? Uh, no. Okay, good. Okay. Well, um, is there a, a show, a comedy you think Bill should should guest on? Um, besides all of them? Well, yeah, but one, <laughs> you know, would be particularly apropos. You know, I don't watch that much regular TV. I so know. I don't really have an opinion on that. Um trying to think if there's any shows that I watch with any regularity whatsoever and I just don't I mean I always think it would be great to see him do a really gritty kind of role on uh, a very high quality thing like I don't watch Breaking Bad but I know everybody says it's the best thing on television right Mm -hmm. now I've never seen it either I think on a show like Breaking Bad he would have an opportunity to be a great dramatic actor in a, a small juicy role it would be great for him to do that so even though i've never seen it there i'll make that recommendation okay well the obvious one of course is big bang theory mm-hmm. um but uh you know then it would be him playing you know like when katie sackhoff is on she plays fantasy katie sackhoff and and leonard has done the voice of a of a um Spock doll, so it would be that sort of thing. Yeah, but I don't think that would be good, because I think it would be like when he was on um, uh, the show with John Lithgow. Oh, uh, uh, I was going to say Big Bang. No, no, uh, Third Rock. Third Rock, yeah. Third Rock from the Sun. I didn't think that was funny at all. I didn't think that was a good use of him on that show. No, there were were a few little moments, but yeah, basically it was, hmm, who cares, yeah. So, no, I don't think it would be good. Well, I want to skip ahead in topics to one that also has with Bill, has the idea of Bill being a guest. Okay. And um, this is from David Frum, F-R-U-M on the Daily Beast. Uh Uh-huh. And he says, I think I have found the right mystery guest for the Democratic National Convention. (laughs) And his suggestion is Bill. Ooh. And this was before the Clint Eastwood thing at the Republican convention. Uh, what would he do? Would, would Maybe he, be he, the... would, he would address an empty captain's chair. <laughs> would, would he emcee the whole thing? Or would he, <laughs> you know? I, well, I, I kind of doubt it, you know. Um, I, I am wondering if they will have a mystery guest. There's been a lot of funny stuff online about, you know, Betty White being the mystery guest. And she, you know, she's very funny, and, and uh, so I don't know. I just thought that's a good, and it, it kind of goes into that new category we were coming up with, things Bill should do, and why didn't they have Bill do this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think he should go and be the special guest, and maybe he could sing. Maybe he could do Common People. Yeah. That'd be good, huh? <gasps> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be pretty appropriate. 
That would be fantastic. All right, that's my suggestion. Yeah, Democrats. Yeah, do you, it. You, you know, listen. You to probably us. got most things planned out, but if you really want to rock the house, <laughs> oh, that would be good. That would be the thing to do. Okay. Now, um, I would like to go to. Uh, let's see. This was very strange. Please use William Shatner in a sentence. Oh, yeah, that book cracked me up. <laughs> this is weird. So this is thing, it's called the Experience Project, and people can just post questions, and then anybody can answer it, I guess. Um, so someone's posted this, and then people wrote all kinds of responses. Now, some of them are really stupid. The one, Yeah, but the one they picked as the winner was really funny. <laughs> Do you want to read it? No, you go ahead. I don't have that window open, but I remember it. Okay. Well, this is what it says. It says, Mary was upset when William Shatner purse. (laughs) (laughs) I just like that. Purse. Why purse? I don't know. I don't know. It could be hat. You know, it could be anything. My favorite, actually, of all the ones that are here, because I thought this one was very creative, was William Shatner. Is he weird? Or what? <laughs> See? See? They managed to work the name well, you know, the promo for William Shatner's Weird or What is kind of a, a play on that, where um, the guy's asking Bill about it, and Bill realizes the guy thinks it means William Shatner is weird or what. Mm-hmm. And it's not William Shatner's, you know, possessive ass right. weird or what. And he's going, oh, so it's all about the apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> What a goofy thing. And then some people, I think, don't understand what you're supposed to do with this. And the uh, this response right here was, William Shatner was on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, Thanks yeah. Thanks Okay. <laughs> so that was kind of goofy. Uh, okay, why don't you pick? You go next. Oh, well, I'm looking something up, so you go next again. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I liked this. We do have an Etsy segment coming up in a little bit, but you submitted separately this Etsy, which was a hand-painted Star Trek Starfleet uniform bra. Yes, isn't that amazing? Now, somebody sent that to us, and I think it might have been Cuvmo. Okay. Well, it looks like kind of your standard Victoria's Secret push-up bra. Mm-hmm. And it says, this bra is painted to resemble the Starfleet uniform. Um, that's because it has the insignia on the left cup. Yes. Uh, please be sure to include in the notes box and check out which color type of uniform that you want. Hand-painted using acrylic paint with a textile medium. It is permanent and washable. It will come with care instructions. Your bra is custom made to order. It will not be the bra in the picture. <laughs> now, look at the sizes it comes in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think either either of us is getting one. No, I don't think so. And then there's extra charges if you want bigger cups on them. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, if you start scrolling a little bit, you can see. And how much is it? 30 bucks? I guess that's reasonable. But who knows what kind of uh, quality you'd be getting here. Now, I notice in the same shop, they also sell other goofy-looking bras. There's one that has, um, on each cup, they have a, a, a power button like you have on your computer. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of weird looking. It's yeah. Like, please don't push my bra cup right in the middle like that. That would be, that <laughs> well, would be uncomfortable. Well, you know what I would like to see is a bra where on each 
cup is uh, one of the mud flap girls. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? I guess so. And, you know, you're going to want matching panties on these things. This is true. This right. Is true. Yeah, of course. Well, it wouldn't be sexy lingerie if the bra didn't match the panties. That's that. Well, yeah, that's true. So do you think that um, this is the kind of sexy underwear that um, the like Helen Noel would have, for example? Um, well, I was thinking, hmm. It depends on how cool Starfleet is, because you know I've joked in fanfic about nobody liking the uh, this the fleet issued underwear, but you know maybe they they uh, caught up or mm-hmm. you know got with it and started issuing you know sexy things like push up bras and thongs and stuff. So, <laughs> but you know even if they didn't, I'm pretty sure Helen Noel wears very very sexy underwear. <laughs> I'm sure she does. And I'm sure that Captain Kirk appreciates that. Oh, yeah. The time and the effort that she goes into uh, selecting the underwear. Mm-hmm. This is pretty funny. Um, how did you... Oh, someone sent this to us. I was going to say, how, how would you have found this otherwise? Um, somebody sent to us. It sent it to us. And like I said, I think um, it was Cuvmo. I wonder if you can get this in different colors. It's it comes in blue. The one that's displayed here is blue, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Well, didn't say. it just? Didn't you just say it said? Let me know what color what you color? wanted. Color. So you could probably get it as a red shirt, which would be dangerous. But you oh, could get it th- in gold. That would be very bad. And then it says type of uniform. What do you mean type? I guess the insignia that you'd want put on there, like if you wanted science or engineering or command. Oh yeah, or yeah. Well, command obviously. I wonder if you could get them to sew a little bit of fringe on so it looked like a mirror uh, universe bra. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? But uh, uh, mirror uniform bras are, I don't know, they're somehow made for tougher people. <laughs> I don't want to say they're made out of chain mail, but. Maybe they're made of leather or something. Leather, like yes. Yeah, that would be good. Well, I like this. This is cool. Yep. So we found one good thing on Etsy um, amidst all the bad truck things on Etsy. Let's see. Okay, next item. Do you have something ready? Yes, I do, and it wasn't on the list, but I know oh. you saw it. Okay. Which is this um, this website that has the best scenes from insane old Star Trek coloring books. <laughs> it is so weird. Uh huh. To to scroll with the first one is you know what's wrong with this picture and there's Uhura sitting in the command chair wearing a derby and Spock's got a you know a a kerchief around his neck McCoy has a nurse's hat and I think a broom and Kirk seated at the back wearing some sort of cape. I mean it's it's just really strange. But when you scroll down, they just get weirder and weirder. <laughs> but my favorite one, and I'm trying to get down to it is the clown planet <laughs> because it reminded me of the space carnival so let uh-huh. me okay here yeah here it is um and lo the crew goes under cover on planet clown <laughs> <laughs> sulu is so effing excited he develops hysterical lockjaw and um so there's spock and kirk holding up clown outfits and Spock says, this just might turn out to be fun, Captain. Oh, God. <laughs> Doesn't that sound just like them? And then there's Kirk going, well, how do we look? And he's sort of dressed like a, a 
a clown with patches on his pockets and a top hat and carrying a dachshund, a wiener dog, <laughs> and Spock is dressed as a pirate who wears a sports jacket. <laughs> and then there's somebody doing a handstand and another like Pagliacci clown saying, you are very talented. <laughs> um, so these are just so <laughs> weird. And um, and it says, if this series doesn't furnish your day with enough delicious absurdity, here's a fantastic panel from the Star Trek Color and Activity book. And and this is when I was describing where, you know, Uhura's in the, mm -hmm. the chair with the derby on, and they made up some dialogue for them. So Uhura says, Kirk, let me command the Enterprise for an afternoon. And Kirk says, I'm knee-deep in a trio of salt vampire girls. Go away. <laughs> and Uhura says, well, at least get rid of your pashmina fart cushion. It's impossible to take orders from you while you're muffling your flatulence in a pillow. <laughs> Kirk says, I'll do you one better. If you can convince those stuffed shirts on the bridge to dress up as crazy buffoons, you can throw my modesty bolster out the airlock and have your run of the end. Smash cut. 45 seconds later, Kirk is wearing a robe he stole from the clown planet in a feeble, sullen attempt to establish dominance. <laughs> There's a finish the picture of Jordi LaForge. Oh, so and, weird. And, and a maze. And <laughs> oh my God, it's just. <laughs> I wish I had that, though. I would like to have that coloring book. I know you would. I'm kind of surprised you don't. Uh, well, I have that other one, but it's not nearly as good. It doesn't have the what's wrong with them pictures in it. Uh, yeah. It just has boring pictures in it. Well, I just thought that was definitely worth, uh, worth bringing oh, yeah. up. And sharing with everybody because it's yeah, maybe, um, maybe we'll use that picture of a horror with the derby on her head as our um, picture to go with this podcast because I really like that picture. Oh, okay, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Or here's another picture that is really amazing, and this is from the paperwall.com wallpaper. Did you look at this? Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Of yes. Kirk in thought. <laughs> that is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I like that very much. And um, so is this just for your computer? Like this is computer wallpaper? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. But, you know, who wouldn't want it in their dining room? Uh, well, I wasn't sure if it was like you, you could use it for other things. Like are they selling it as wrapping paper or something? Oh, wow. I didn't think of that. Well, you could maybe like print it out and... Uh you know, use it that way. Yeah, but no, it is quite beautiful. It's uh, him sitting in thought, and then um, Spock and McCoy are standing on either side of this, you know, round cameo sort of thing looking. But I like all the little flowery tendrils that are around him, too. Yeah. I just think it's really beautiful. I would like it better if it didn't have Spock and McCoy in it. Mm, they're yeah. they're, they're kind of distracting, you know. They are. And they got their arms folded, so they look a little pissed off. Spock looks really pissed off, actually, now that I'm looking at him. Oh, here, I just found out. It wasn't Cubemo who sent us the bra. It was Captain Ho. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for sending that. That's all right. Yeah. Well, I like this uh, paper wall. And as, as of always, we haven't been saying it, but we will put up links for all of this stuff so that you guys can look at it. But, yeah, the, the wallpaper is it's sort of like a sepia tone. Yeah. And, um, the, the only other colors are black and, and this um, off green 
color. It's mm -hmm. yeah, it's really nice. Well, yeah, it it is really nice. And some of the colors in the background, you know, there's a little bit of light green, a little bit of almost looking like burnt paper edge yeah, color. Yeah, it's really cool. And let's see, image resolution seventeen hundred by twelve sixty seven. So yeah, it's a good background, good wallpaper. I guess it would be a problem though. I mean, you'd probably end up staring at it sometimes. Which could be distracting while you're trying to get your work done. Well, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> it would be for me. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a, a quick break because uh, we're about halfway through. And okay. then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the other um, strange and interesting things that we have this week in Look at His Buttness. Yay! <laughs> Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Got a question, comment, or suggestion? Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comments at lookathisbutt at blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay, we are back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And we want to clear up. Um, the bra was sent to us by Captain Ho. The wallpaper was sent to us by Cubemo. Okay. We must give credit where credit is due. Very important. Yes. That's the kind of... That's just the way we roll. It's how we roll. Now... You had um, sent me this thing on Pinterest that was for William Shatner Wednesday. Yes. What does that mean? Does this person post something about William Shatner every Wednesday? Well, I'm looking for it now. I think I accidentally closed that. Can you read me whatever it is? Well, it's a picture <laughs> of um, a keyboard and the space bar. Oh, yeah. Has written on it, the final frontier, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And I wrote it on my space bar then, too. Space, the final, the final frontier. frontier. But it was posted as William Shatner Wednesday, so I just want to know what that means. Well, they say something about it on that website. I don't know. Let's see. It, it looks like um, on Wednesdays, people post things related to William Shatner, and some of them look like they're Star Trek, and some of them just look like they're um, Shatner-related. Oh, yeah, but um, is this the one I'm trying to think? Uh, huh. Now, it seems to me that when I went here, went there, there were a lot of really funny Shatner stuff, and now I'm just seeing the one thing. Well, I clicked through to where it says William Shatner Wednesday. Oh, it's a hashtag. Interesting. Okay. So, I guess um, it's a thing now? It's a thing. <laughs> Well, here's one I really wanted to talk about. This is okay. in a totally different direction. We've talked before um, about places where you can buy these wall decals. Yes, the fat heads. Yes, and now they have new ones, and they're all Star Trek related. And the one of Kirk is just too weird. So it's It's Kirk, and he's pointing his phaser, and he's sort of in an action-y pose, except that the body isn't really William Shatner's. It's not even clear whether it's a real photograph of a person. It might just be 
um, painted or constructed or something like that, but it's clearly William Shatner's head photoshopped onto it. And the way that this person has put it on a wall, it looks like he's floating. And they've taken the illustration that he's next to a couch, but he's also next to a bunch of pool cues. And I don't get the pool cues. <laughs> well, maybe they're trying to tell us guys only. Maybe, but he looks like he's firing his phaser at someone who wants the pool cues, so it's really weird. But why didn't they put it so that his feet were closer to the ground? Because now he just looks like he's floating in space. Well, I know. And you see, the one to do, if you were going to do that floaty effect, is the the uh, the one, uh, the Tholian web. Yes, of course. Of that course. would make sense. Yes. That, but this is just very strange. So this is... Um, pretty tall taller than bill actually is it's five foot (laughs) eleven tall um and it's a hundred bucks to have this really weird wall decal of captain kirk on your wall yeah and and you see this is the thing is i actually like the kirk one i like the pose and everything else yeah if they had made that into a big cardboard kirk so it could Mm -hmm. be standing somewhere instead of floating on the wall it's really weird so here i'll read what it says um for anyone looking for the original series star trek poster welcome to the captain james t kirk fathead fathead's the brand there's a world of difference when did a captain kirk poster jump off the wall at you and look so authentic and look (laughs) at all the free fathead extras you get you can do a whole room with a star trek fathead the same thing goes for captain kirk and james t kirk decals (laughs) aren't they the same things they just don't measure up and you'll really get it the first time you hear someone say, wow, so that's a fathead. It's huge. I love it. This is what a Star Trek poster was meant to be, an authentic licensed Star Trek fathead. <laughs> the okay. fact that it's called fatheads cracks me up. Yeah. So you put this up on your wall, and hmm. I don't think that a person coming into the room will say, wow, so that's a fathead. It's huge. I love it. <laughs> I think they're Well, the only to- time I've seen fatheads in actual use are in kids' bedrooms. Yeah. Where, you know, you get all the Disney ones, so you have all these uh, these Tinkerbells and um, uh, what's the other one that they've got? Uh, the Mermaid, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah. But see, oh, and look at, they have all this information about Kirk, occupation, home world, date of birth and stuff. But see, I think if you put that up on your wall and somebody came into the room, they wouldn't see it at first, and then they'd look at it and they'd go, ah, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> They wouldn't go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just my opinion. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think the Kirk one is cool. I like the pose and everything, but I don't like it floating. No. He looks weird. Yeah. Very weird. Okay. But that's that was a funny thing. It's amazing that they, like, someone must be buying them, right? Somebody? Somewhere? Yep. Somebody must be. Okay. Did you find the thing you were looking for? Um, I think so. And I'm looking to see if that comment is still there. Well, anyway, um, one of the things I like to do, one of my daily time-wasting activities, is to go to Total Film. And almost every day they have a list, you know, like uh, they'll do Johnny Depp's career, you know, the worst to the best, you know, and things like that, and they're fun. Well, here's one, the 50 most unintentionally hilarious movies of all time. So it's 50 and they did not include impulse. That's a crime. It is a crime. And um, let me see if they if I can find my comment. Did, 
Did yes. you say this is a disaster? Did you? Yes. It says, how could you leave off impulse, a.k.a. want a ride, little girl? The worst and most hilarious of the numerous bad films William Shatner made in the 1970s. All caps. This is a disaster. <laughs> Period. Yay. Good for you. That's yep. awesome. Yep. I just thought. Thanks. Thanks for upholding that, because that it really needs to be upheld. Well, I can't believe that's not on a list like that. Ridiculous. Okay, let's do the Etsy segment Let's now. do the Etsy segment. Because it's the gift that just keeps on giving. And let me say that I found all this stuff with, like, five, less than five minutes of searching on Etsy. Because there's so much of it. So I just picked the, you know, whatever, these top six that mm-hmm. were the most egregious. So the very first one um, says Shatner as Kirk. And it's this very weird illustration. It says it's marker on paper. But the very first thing I thought was that it was made from macaroni and glued <laughs> down to a piece of paper. Well, it looks kind of to kind of like those um, those paint by numbers you used to get. And all the strange little markings on his shirt that I'm thinking are supposed to be texture look like French fries. They do look like French fries. And as you so um, insightfully pointed out, he has Groucho Marx eyebrows. (laughs) He does. It looks really weird. Yeah, and it's it's $20. But, I mean, what is it? Is it a picture? You you know, are you supposed to? Oh, it's an illustration marker on paper, 6 by 8. It's horrendous. It's really, really ugly. Like, you would never know it was supposed to be William Shatner unless there was a label at the top, as there is, that says yes. Shatner as Kirk. So, yeah, there's that one. Yeah, that's um, pretty pretty pathetic. The next thing is so much more interesting. Oh, my God, yes. These are Star Trek burlesque pasties, nipple tassels, geek comic space Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the headline. Let's jam as many keywords in there as we possibly can. And they're made by a company called Montabon. Montabon. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. So they're little pasties. In case you don't know what a pasty is, there might be some people out there who don't know what they are. Oh, okay. Um, When you do burlesque dancing... Typically, you're not completely naked. You have to put something over the nipples, and these things are called pasties, and they're just these little round things made out of um, material, and they usually have sequins over the top, and sometimes they have little tassels that hang off the end of them, and then you can do dances where you can twirl the tassels around. So these little pasties are round and gold, and then they have the Star Trek insignia laid over the top, and then the tassels are gold. They are gorgeous, and I'm sure are worn by the the dancer who they hire for Kirk's birthday. <laughs> and if these things were not so fucking expensive, well, they're $36. I would buy them, not because I want to wear them, but we would somehow have to work them into the show. Oh, in, absolutely. Into look at his butt live, because they're, they're, they're just, just amazing. They are so cool looking, just, and they're very well made too. So I was reading about this and it says, um, Montabon pasties and nipple tassels are among the best in the world. 
Ricky Hard is the guy who designed them. Can you believe that name? <laughs> Has designed yeah. pasties and nipple tassels, which are currently sold in Patricia Fields in New York City. Ms. Field is the legendary designer behind the iconic fashion on the hit series Sex in the City. Um, <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, clients include those living in New York, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Italy, Paris, Australia, Vancouver, London, and Berlin. So they sell them all over the place. Wow. And... Um, they're, they come with pasty tape, twirling tips, and application instructions. Yep, I love that, the twirling tips. They are made to last a lifetime with the proper care and storage. So is there um, a ship's burlesque dancer oh, on the Enterprise? Oh, gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> They're very, very pretty. You should all go and look at these. Yep. Very funny. And they come in a nice little package, too. They're shiny. They're very shiny. Ah, okay. This next thing I thought was also really cool. Uh, this is an illustration, which is a mashup of Star Trek and Reservoir Dogs. Right. And it's the guys, it's like a black and white illustration. It looks like it says color screen print on, on paper. But it's, it's kind of a cartoony version of the Reservoir Dogs guys. But it's all the Star Trek guys in the black suits with the thin... Um, black ties and mm-hmm. white shirts and they all have really mobster like expressions on their faces and it's just so cool and it, it says this one sold well at comic con who knew yeah join I... captain kirk and his crew on a new adventure as they rob and plunder new worlds <laughs> <laughs> so then my thought was well has the guy done one for like um them doing usual suspects oh that would or, be great you know any it, of those things where you have a bunch of guys more or less all in a line yeah it's awesome well i just love this i think it's a really good um mashup you know sometimes mashups are stupid but this one actually works yeah that one's good and i think he did a good job of putting sort of these um dark expressions on their faces mm-hmm. <laughs> so i like that in the very silly category, we have the Captain Kirk I Hate Mondays coffee mug. <laughs> so it's a nice mug, and it's got a picture of Kirk from Enemy Within when he's screaming. So he's very sweaty, and he's got lots of eyeliner on. And it just says, I hate Mondays, right next to it. Yes. And I was thinking... Then it says, the best part of waking up is Shatner on your cup. <laughs> <laughs> I would so use this cup if I had it. I think that would be cool. Really? It says, make... Make giving this gift extra special by filling it with your friend or loved one's favorite candy, office supplies, jewelry, a gift card, or even a coupon for a hug. So, yeah, give them a a coffee mug that says, I hate Mondays, and then a coupon for a hug. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, remember when I had the Star Trek coffee? Yes. Yes, you know, you could make a gift pack out of it. That's true. I don't think they make that anymore, do they? Well, who knows? The next one... You thought was neat, and I think is scary. <laughs> it creeps me out. Okay. Can you describe it? Okay, it's a, a Captain Kirk Star Trek poster. And I'm... Does it... T- okay. This poster art print portrait features Captain Kirk from Star Trek, the original series. Star Trek... Blah, 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 the minimalist art print is perfect for Star Trek fans, but it, it is really minimalist. It's... And... It has no eyes, and that's what's creeping me out because I keep thinking, you know, are you supposed to cut out holes and look through it? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's on a um, a piece of paper that's the same color as the tunic, so uh, the gold tunic. So you just see the outline of his shoulders and a black shape for the collar, and then um, the face and the hair don't have any features really, except for eyebrows. Yeah. And then these eyes that are just plain white. I don't yeah. know. I think it's kind no of cool. nose, no mouth. No. no, no. It kind of scared like it. me. Let's do the next one. This is the prize winner. It is Star Trek TOS Captain Kirk sweater, size 3. It's Captain Kirk's green wrap uniform shirt, captain straight on the sleeve, command assignment patch on the belt. It's teeny weeny. It's knitted. It's knitted. It's so cute. It is so, so cute. And as you said, this is something Marjorie would make. (laughs) Totally. And unfortunately, it's $75 because otherwise I would buy it for the show. And Marjorie could either be working on it or show it to the reporter as something she made for Jimmy, you know, when he was all excited to be the spaceman, but he outgrew <laughs> it, you know, or whatever. But um, <laughs> it oh. just kills me. It's just great. I, I just love the fact that they went to the trouble of finding the right color for the yarn and they did the little detail of the neck with the black around it and then the the, the command stripes on the, the sleeves and all that. Well, it's and the just, insignia to me is just incredible. It's amazing the detail that was put into it. It's lovely. Really, really lovely. Yeah. It's just so cute. <laughs> And it is very much a Marjorie thing. And, it you know, is. considering all the work that went into it, yeah, it's probably worth 75 bucks if you have a, a little tiny person to wear it. But Yeah. Um, it's it's a little too much just to have as a novelty item, I think. Yes, yes. But, um, but kudos to you, person who put this on Etsy, who's named Knitter Who. I'm yes. not sure why they're named that. But it's it's kind of an awesome thing. I really, really like it. Oh, I love Etsy. It's it really just keeps on giving. It never ever ends. No, no, that's a, it's a, a great site, and it's really too bad they got rid of that that feature where you could ask people to make stuff. Yeah, definitely. That seemed like a, a stupid business move to me. It was probably just too much to manage with people getting ripped off. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So I think we need to mention. One of our favorite Star Trek guest stars recently passed away, yes, and that I'm is so William Wyndham. Mm-hmm. And um, he, as you may know, was Captain Decker in the Doomsday Machine. And so MeTV showed that last Saturday in honor of him, which I thought was wonderful, and also because I love that episode, and it is oh, the yeah. Kirk Lightiest episode <laughs> ever. It really is. I met him at a con. And one of my first cons, and he was very nice and, and, you know, seemed genuinely, you know, pleased to, to chat with people. And, um, and we talked about a show he had later, which only ran one season, but which I loved called my life and welcome to it. Uh And it was based on the cartoons of James Thurber. Mm -hmm. And it was a really, really neat show. And he was just, you know, my brief encounter with him, you know, I just got the impression that he was a very nice man. It was such a thrill to see him reprise that role in that fan episode thing. Yeah, definitely. 
and and I think he was always very positive about his Star Trek experience. You know, he mm-hmm. was willing to go to cons and he would meet with fans, and um, he it was never a. a a kind of thing where he left it behind as like, oh, this wasn't something good that I did. Right, right. And I found it interesting that all of the obituaries that I read mentioned he is probably remembered best for that Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done lots of other things. He was a working actor. He um, he did Broadway. Uh, he, he did Broadway. You know, he had several series on which he was, you know, the lead. So, you know, sorry sorry to lose him, but yeah. um, I was really glad they showed that episode again. I always thought he did such an outstanding job on that. And uh, so just a little salute to William Wyndham there. Yeah, it's sad, and it's sad that that's just going to keep happening, right? You know, I know, as everybody gets older. It's so sad to think about it. Oh, sigh. Yeah. Well, well, listen, let's let's um, talk about one more thing, and okay. I think then we can wrap it up. We mentioned this once before, and that is um, a site at uh, called High, High, High Lowbrow. Sorry, it took me a minute to be able to say that. And they had uh, something recently called Kirk Your Enthusiasm, where they had different authors write about their favorite or, or a scene in Star Trek with Captain Kirk that was important to them. And there are um, 20 of these or 25 of these. I don't know. It's a whole bunch of them that they did over the course of um, almost a month. So they're really interesting, and I encourage people to go read them. Most of them are quite short. Some of them are only like one long paragraph, and some of them are, you know, several paragraphs. But they're all on, on different topics. So some of them are watching Kirk versus the Gorn, Kirk's Ghost, Kirk's Countdown, um, Cisco meets Kirk, Captain Smirk, one of them's called. Uh, a million things you can't have. Good Kirk versus evil Kirk. Kirk versus Decker. Kirk browbeats Nomad. And most <laughs> of them, yeah, they're pretty good. So they're all from different episodes, and and most of them are pretty good. Some of them, um, I don't think the writing is quite up to what they were trying to say. And like you read it, and you're trying to go, what What are you trying to say here? Mm-hmm. Say it more clearly. I can't understand it. But they did pick a lot of really important episodes, and I was really glad that somebody picked Risk Is Our Business as one of the um, important speeches that they oh yeah you know should be discussed because that is just so important um and also uh kirk in uh, good kirk versus evil kirk they talked about how it was important that there were the the two parts of him that had to to live together um some of them pointed out some things that i hadn't really thought about much before but on reading it i was like oh yeah that's a good observation so the one about amok time talks about how um when they first beam down to the planet, Kirk is very much the passive observer. Yes. Because he's not involved in it. And Shatner's acting is very interesting because the first part of it, he's just very relaxed and very passive. And and even his posture is different. He's Mm -hmm. just holding back because he's not part of what's going on. It's Spock's deal and he's having this whole thing. But then when he does get involved... Um, his whole personality kind of changes. And let me read this one part. Hold on a second. Because I thought it was a good observation. Um, He says, uh, there's a brief flash of fear when he is forced to confront a truly foreign culture with foreign values. Um, But it only lasts for a second and then he trying to, he 
like gets back on top of the situation. But there is that moment where when they say it's a fight to the death and he's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really well played. And then, you know, he doesn't he doesn't let that flash of fear um, totally crumble his resolve or or you know it doesn't throw him that much that he can't figure out what to do next and you know he he kind of gets his self-assurance back pretty quickly but it's very it's very well played by him yeah you know it's good writing but he also does an excellent job of of playing that so i just thought that was kind of neat pointing out the the difference between kirk as the observer and kirk as the actor in that particular episode Mm-hmm. oh good and i'm I gonna like have to that. go read those i meant to to do that but i'm glad you got to yeah, there is a little essay about the Helen Noel episode, but I, oh, I don't. Good. It's not very good, though. It's not a good essay. Oh. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's not. Um, the one, the other one I really liked was about Charlie X, where the person who wrote it says um, that Kirk in this one episode really, really shows what a great father figure he is. Mm-hmm. that he takes it very, very seriously to shepherd Charlie through this really weird phase that he's going through. And, and Kirk really does his best to set the boundaries like a parent should and to teach him about what life is really like. And he says that line where he, um, he says, Charlie, there are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. It's yep. like, you know what? That's what being an adult is all about. It's mm-hmm. that this is the way life is. And, you know, Kirk is, is very as optimistic and as much self-confidence as he has. He knows that this is what reality is about, which I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's good. Um, let's see. The captain, so the author who wrote this says, the Captain Kirk who raised me trusted me to recognize that imagination and goodwill don't automatically win you every race. The best you can hope for is that they'll put in a good word for you with the law of averages. That's good. Yeah. But I like the way he says the Captain Kirk who raised me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a really nice way of acknowledging what an influence he, you know, Kirk has been and it's mm-hmm. funny now you know we've talked about bill becoming this great pop icon and in many ways <clears throat> bill's pop icon now almost overshadows kirk mm-hmm. but when you talk to people you know our age excuse me <coughs> and you know even younger who because of their parents or whatever grew up on tof i think there's a big influence there mm-hmm. yeah <coughs> excuse me <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that one out. Okay, good. <laughs> um, now, I just before we finish with this, I just want to say that there, the very last essay is about the movie, unfortunately, and uh, the new movie, the new movie, yeah. Okay. And it's about the fight that Kirk and Spock have on the bridge, where Kirk is taunting him mm-hmm. so that he'll finally show some emotion. Um, and so the whole essay is about. Spock winning the fight and and he wins 
by giving up essentially and saying that you know he's done this terrible thing and he could have killed Kirk and blah 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 so let me read the end of this it says when Spock at last becomes the man Kirk wants him to be full of rage he declares himself no longer fit for duty Spock is the only person on the bridge who seems to realize that good leadership is about rationality not power games and emotional outbursts this makes him a true leader and indeed his story arc in this film is far richer and more heroics than Kirk's in this version of the Star Trek universe, Spock has eclipsed Kirk. By relinquishing his captaincy, he shows us who the captain really is. And that's the whole problem with that movie right there. Yep. <laughs> that's it. So, just just had to say that, yeah, yeah. The filmmakers deciding that this movie was about Spock rather than Kirk, that's the problem. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, yeah, and I think that's the way they're pretty much going to keep going. So yeah. maybe at some point you and I won't have to go to them anymore. Yeah, that would be all right. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Oh, my goodness. Well, we've covered an awful lot in this episode. Well, it's because Bill is everywhere. Doing everything at all times. So, can you think of anything else we need to talk about? Uh, no, I'm just waiting for to... I'm eager to see more developments with what they are going to do with the Priceline Negotiator now. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's because, right. Because, you know, the last we saw him, he was, you know, had his surfboard and mm-hmm. said, surfing's my life now. <laughs> but um, he'll be back. So he'll be interesting be to back. see what they do. He'll always do another take. Always. Always. That's our bill. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up. Um, so all of you out there in listening land, drop us an email. Read Red Shirts if you can. It's widely available. Um <laughs> And let us know what other news is going on in the world of, of Star Trek, because we depend on your emails to bring us these, these things, these pieces of news. And, um, and again, you know, please let us know if you have requests for the next time we do our In the Same Room Together podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a, a you know, show or something we can review, yes, let us please. know what you want to see. We haven't done an episode review in ages and ages. Yeah, we should probably do one of those. Yeah. I think we should. Yep. All right. Well, until next time, um, live long and potluck. That's what I'll say. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I'll say (laughs) nighty-night.